0: baby spud here i've met a lot of people and i played some too and there's one thing i know people like to talk (laughs) it's the spudcast that's where you at hey how y'all making this evening thanks for joining me here on the spudcast podcast while i'm talking out my ask with uh cecile tebow who is uh what can I say? She uh, She's now semi-retired from the NOPD, but she runs the uh, Crisis Squad, which if they got to deal with somebody who's got a mental health issue, you know, she'll send a, a person with the police so that they can deal with it. But she also uh, helps deal with the mental issues of the police department. So let's find out what Cecile has to say here on this podcast, talking out my ass right after this. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay. But where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. uh that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh wait, you don't have to do that anymore, because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504 1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the home team advantage by calling 504 1222 or go to Home com. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish Coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish coffee. Okay, I'm talking to my friend Cecile Thibault. And uh, she, for those of you who don't know, although I've interviewed her, Jiminy Crickets, what, 25 times?
1: Probably. Mm. We've had a history.
0: She is, or was, even though she's kind of retired, but still semi-retired because she's still a reservist with the NOPD. Her grandpa was right. chief, but yep. she ran a volunteer group called the Crisis Intervention Group or team. Or, and anytime there was somebody that the, the cops had to roll up on who had mental health issues, then they would go with uh, somebody on the team or Cecile would go with right. them first but first of all they had to know somebody was you know somebody was that kind of way I mean it's not like yeah. you can't always just kind of go oh that guy's nuts so they gotta wait for Cecile to show up because they speak right. the same language yeah but, yeah,
1: yeah. So it was, it was really, it was a program started by a sergeant who, believe it or not, is still there. Uh, he started this program about 40 years ago. And it was back when NOPD and EMS were still under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. And he started seeing an increase in calls coming through the 911 service of people having a mental health crisis. And so he had a friend of his that was a social worker, and they just decided to start this little volunteer group. They commandeered an old ambulance and they just kind of started rolling with officers uh, on the weekends and it quickly expanded. So when I started uh, with them, I actually started as a volunteer. That was 20 years ago. And, uh, and then right before Katrina, I was hired as the administrator. And and we were staffed with volunteers. We had about 50 50 people strong. And it was really cool because a lot of the volunteers, they came from all walks of life, but primarily they shared the common thread of having a family member with mental illness. So they kind of got it. They understood it. Mm -hmm. And so we would roll with the officers, always with the officers, because there is an element of unpredictability that can get they can get pretty dangerous. And so we only rolled with our officers and, um, and it was great it was it was pretty phenomenal um i after about 10 years of doing that i did retire and then i came back to nopd i guess it was about eight years ago to start a mental health program for the officers which was phenomenal just an in-house yeah. mental yeah. health place for officers to come to now, and a lot then, of people don't
0: realize how you know the stress that they're under the suicide rate of police officers they don't yeah. like, and after Katrina yep. and the PTSD that officers deal with, and you know that, because everybody's—what like, what do you want a robot? You expect them to be compassionate. You expect them to be stern. You expect you expect them to be yeah. everything that you don't expect yourself to be, and yep. you, you also expect them to sit there and and take your your uh, abuse
1: out on. Yeah, them. they're pre- they're pretty resilient folks, but I do but always say put. It. Putting on a uniform doesn't take away the humanness of a person. They they do have emotions, and this is this is an, a, probably the most difficult career I think one could choose because you really are getting stress on every possible angle, you know, just the stress of the job, the stress of the media, the stress Mm. of the public, the financial stress, family stress, which we all have, but theirs really gets compounded. And uh, and certainly these past couple of years, that's been amplified uh, a thousand times over. Mm. So I'm super stoked that, that new orleans does offer a, a place for them to come to um and it was it was for officers and their family members right uh-huh. so well,
0: when it you have to have something like that anyway especially for family members because you like right. we said before and all the cops gotta do this but you got family members going you know yep. what? every day i don't know if you're gonna come home yep and every day i mean you you get paid crap and right. half the time, you know, you you gotta spend. It's like school teachers. They so many of them spend money out their own pockets to bring in school supplies. Well, you know, cops gotta do a lot of that stuff. Is yeah, that in the back, you know, the trunks of their car are hanging off their belts of the stuff that they bought themselves. And it's like they don't make a a whole lot of money to begin with.
1: Right. Right. Paul Harvey did a beautiful piece back in the day called "The Policeman," and it's about a minute and a half, and it really just sums it all up. And it is exactly what you're saying. So the families, and that's that's really their support, you know, when mm-hmm. they come home at the end of the day. So we really, we it, it was just really awesome to have that, and um, I I'm, I was more proud of of that program really
0: than anything. Well, um, wait 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 then then let's let's talk about that for a minute here for you know is it still going on who yeah, did you hand yeah, it yeah, off yeah, to? Yeah
1: well, yeah what- So so I- I passed the baton to a wonderful uh, woman uh, who used to be with us. She was a detective with, with NOPD and uh, she did a couple years of that. And then she went on and got her master's in social work. And uh, so she's come back to join the team in a different capacity, but she's walked the walk. And so, I mean, I did to some degree, because I was out on the streets for 10 years with the crisis unit, but that was just one set of calls. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a whole other bunch of stuff.
0: Well, yeah, and And, I mean, I remember you and I having conversations about, you know, like, uh, one thing that just sticks out in my mind is that guy who was surrounded by, like, five or six officers, and he had a knife, and he kept lunging at all of them, and he ended up getting shot. And it's like, people go, well, I couldn't believe you. You couldn't do I'm going, you know what? There ain't a cop out there called on to take a bullet or a stabbing. And and yeah. I mean, frankly, could they have rushed him? Yeah, maybe so. But I don't I you know what? Their their goal, they're thinking about their families, I wanna go home. I don't wanna yeah. get I don't wanna go home and, and I don't wanna go home hurt. And frankly i do you not know want to shoot anybody either, but you know,
1: sometimes And I knew come. I knew that individual and and we had responded many times to calls for service involving him. And he is such a classic example of what happens when the community does not provide adequate mental health services uh, for an individual. I mean, he was one, you know, I mean, it was, we had our, they're now called familiar faces. Back mm-hmm. in the day, it was the frequent flyers. And it was so sad because we were, we're, just constantly responding and they would go through the ever revolving door of the emergency room and come out with no services you know case management housing psychiatric care I mean we're talking about somebody you know who has a medical disability and it just it in all the years that I have done this I've just been so saddened by the lack of response in providing those services in our community. So well, I mean, when when we do identify the person, let's get them the help they need. But to find the help,
0: well, to get off, that help, to access
1: that help is 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 an impossible job.
0: Well, somebody's got to provide for you. He's talking about the community providing for it? I mean, where does it come from? Where where, where are the hospitals? Where's that big hospital that used to be on the North Shore? Because if somebody was out of promise, they'd take them to Mandeville.
1: Gone. Yeah. New Orleans Adolescent Hospital was a beautiful facility that really had a lot of services for adolescents under one roof gone. So this takes us back to the Jindal era, and that was the closure of, of, of the only things that we really had and they were golden nuggets um for those that had had the medical condition of mental illness and they were gone and they never came back well, they where, never came back so
0: where do they go now they're, they're just in and out of the in and out of jail or in and out of the hospital
1: well and and to drive that home NOPD responds to about 6800 mental health calls a year
0: How many, that's wait, a that's a lot 6, of 6800 but it's it's not 6800 different individuals it's 6800 people like you said there's familiar faces
1: you have so, that and then you have you have new ones as well i mean Mm -hmm. you know as soon as soon as you become 18 and you didn't get adequate services for your mental health issue as a child you then become the adult and and the 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 issues just continue the illness continues let's
0: let's talk exactly what the illness is when we get back here on the spudcast i'm talking out my ass With Cecile (laughs) Thiebaud, who's got a wonderful laugh and a great sense of humor, but unfortunately we're always talking about this morbid, depressing, mental health stuff. But uh, we'll be back right after this. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides the big cooties, sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime Bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to RapidUrgentCare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. It's summertime, summertime, some, summertime, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831. Tell them Spud sent you. Getting older and feeling your age? Low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds? Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again, or better yet, your new self again. Go to MopeClinic.com, M-O-P-E Clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you. And we're back talking to Cecile Tebow here on the Spudcast. We're talking about mental health issues that the police department responds to. She uh, ran the the mental health crisis unit for a number of years uh she's kind of semi-retired now moved to where you went mississippi
1: i am in bay st louis i'm sitting here talking to you on the phone looking at this beautiful bay i tell people i think i made it to heaven without having to die first Hmm. it's just beautiful it's such a precious town and i'm very blessed i'm doing a startup program here for hancock county um, through their family court system and uh, so my retirement is just moving on to the next thing yeah, I had, about, I had about three months of not working and that just wasn't good
0: <laughs> hey do they still have that big safe over there by the by the you know by the tracks over there what's that the blind tiger those restaurants up and down there yeah just have the whole bank and it's gone and then all there is was a great big safe you know and I I haven't, been, I, ha- I haven't been out there in a while. That's all.
1: I haven't noticed a safe. Well, you have to come visit. Well, it's you like have to big... come visit and show me the safe. I, you know, you. It's would think- right by those tracks.
0: Right, right when the train comes over the bridge and it crosses, uh, what is that Beach Boulevard or whatever they call right? it? Right, I know
1: where you're talking yeah. about.
0: And the tra- it's like the 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 tracks separated that big safe from uh, from this restaurant. I think it's called the Blind Tiger. Yeah, I it know- is the
1: Blind Tiger. Okay,
0: so if you but could- I'm
1: not sure. As soon as I finish with you, I'm gonna drive over and I'll let you know if I see a big safe. Okay,
0: text me. All right. and that, okay. <laughs> Now, let's get back to the to the nitty and the gritty of all this stuff. You're talking about no there was no uh children services, okay? Where I mean, how far back can we go about this kind of stuff? I mean, are we looking at uh
1: We can go back to 1958, Spud. Well, that's when I was So, doing, so let's go. 19, there. In 1958, we had a very huge humanitarian bipartisan decision to close all the state hospitals around the country and the reason is because of the conditions that were going on inside those state hospitals there was a beautiful movie jack nicholson one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. which was a pretty good depiction of what it was like the doctor that actually started this movement came out and said wait i didn't I didn't say close the hospitals. I was just saying we need to have adequate treatment inside. Mm-hmm. But the decision was closure. Communities across the country never developed the wealth of resources that were going to be needed to meet the needs of those with chronic mental illness, which is a medical disability. Yes, it is. I know that. And so today we have the exact same number of chronically mentally ill incarcerated as we had institutionalized in 1958. So our big humanitarian bipartisan decision, all it did was lead to the criminalization of mental illness. The jails here and across the country are number one psychiatric hospitals in the country. It doesn't make sense.
0: Well, a lot of things don't make sense. I do know... Uh, like for instance, I, I don't speak German except for asking for a beer, but there is, I think the term for hospital in German is Konkenhaus. And it's like half the people literally who are hospitalized, quote unquote hospitalized since we don't have mental health hospitals anymore. Right. Half the people in hospitals are in mental hospitals and the right. other half are in physical hospitals. So right. it's important, and I know from previous conversations with you, and actually seeing some things online, like like uh, people who are psychotic, or they, I mean, you can actually look at brain scans and see lesions and holes in their That's brains. That's right. That's right. So it's That's it's right. not like you can't just go, oh y'all drink, or you just not no. you know there are some people out there who are weak, and they have weak constitutions, and they fall into the wrong habits, and unfortunately, those habits lead to them doing. Things that turn them, chase them down the path of mental illness. But there's most of them out there are literally physically sick with something that could be treated if there was a place to put them and safely put them. That's correct. So they could be treated, and That's then they correct. might. But then there's also, you know, let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, you got people. Okay, they're family members. You know, and, and and I was asking you a long time ago about this. If if you have if you're have a family member. Because you keep hearing this. Every time somebody does something which seems heinous, you know, uh they're oh well he has mental health issues. Well what did you do about it? What did you do about it as a family member who you expect me to do something about it? First things first is, you know, I take care of my own. Then I'll start helping you take care of yours. What do people do? I mean, there's a lot of people out there who can barely afford to pay their rent. It
1: is an exhausting journey for family members. It is exhausting because the resources are not there. You can't ask a family member to cure another family member's cancer, right? There are medical protocols to help somebody with cancer. It's the same thing. Yet if the issue, if the medical issue is schizophrenia, Bipolar disease, substance abuse disease, if that's the issue, the family has nowhere to go. They don't, there's nowhere to
0: turn. Well, that's why I was asking you about this with the crisis unit that was there. Is this a crisis unit still exists and you're cranking one up in Hancock County. Is there a way for families to put their... Mentally ill family members on the list, so that the next time, <laughs> no. like that, like that familiar face guy, that the list up, to
1: to the list to where? Well, I don't there's know. I mean, no there's at, at the very
0: least for you to know that you know. No,
1: no, no.
0: So, so there's no there's no way to somebody go. Okay, this person has been registered as he does legitimately have mental health issues, and if there's ever a 911 call, call brought in to say this person such and they can pull him up and go, oh, well, he's going to need crisis because. So,
1: so there is a so Metropolitan Human Service District is our city's mental health umbrella for Orleans Parish. They receive all of the monies for outpatient services and they do host their own crisis unit. Right. And it's excellent. Mm -hmm. But the funds are so limited that they are only able to respond on a minuscule scale. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But those that are that are that are part or, or who have gotten engaged with Metropolitan Human Service District, there is some registry there. They do. You know, there's there's a computer program on that particular person Mm -hmm. but that's only one leg to treatment right that's only one leg some people have this disease on such a chronic level that they need acute long-term hospitalization and and what is so sad to me is when we tell that person and we know that person is identified to having this illness to that degree we say to them, we just—they just get discharged from the hospital. Like, sorry, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, find wait, your wait, way. Let me ask you it's this. like saying to the quadriplegic, "You're gonna go." We understand you've got this disease, but we don't have any more wheelchairs, so you're gonna have to go out there and do it without a wheelchair. We would never do that, but we do it every day. To those with chronic mental illness, it happens every day. Does
0: somebody have to commit a crime before they're even considered to be put in one of the few hospital beds for the mentally ill? In this, I mean, you know, I mean, you see people who are found guilt, uh not guilty by reason of insanity, but that don't mean they're going back on the streets. They're going to go to Jackson, the hospital in Jackson, or sure. another one. You know, do you have to, are they sure. arrested? Or, I mean, because somebody like you, who have seen a whole bunch of people, they can go in front of this metropolitan umbrella and say, this guy really should be in in Jackson before somebody gets really hurt.
1: Right? Oh, boy, have I done that a thousand times over, Spud. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, we can't really do anything until that happens.
0: So somebody's gonna have to get hurt. Yes and the and the uh the mental ill patient might possibly get killed before they can put somebody well I mean Do we
1: not see that all the time? I don't see it all the time. We have a a dad a month ago that did and took an went and got order protective custody papers to get his son, his psychotic son into the hospital for treatment. He went in, he was released, and he went home and he stabbed his father to death. Mm-hmm. That is one of many, many stories. You were just talking about the, the gentleman with the knife at the Walgreens on yeah. St. Charles Avenue. His family tried so hard to get him care he had already been identified as having a high level of mental illness that can that can bring on aggressive behavior
0: all right i got i'm out of time but let me ask you this all right if i if i understand completely i think i do the coroner is the person who actually has to sign commitment papers that's and, that's
1: napoleonic law uh, we're so the uh, only state yeah. in the country well then,
0: yep if we if we weren't in this state would you be able to sign this paperwork working for the state i mean who should sign the commitment papers other than the coroner and how often and, and for instance what could the family have done something with this guy go to the coroner. And go he must be committed because somebody so you know
1: this. And that's, a, that's an interesting point because I'm now in Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have just found out. So in Mississippi, if you need to have a loved one committed either for mental health or substance abuse, which was new to me, because you cannot do OPC papers in New Orleans for substance abuse. You can here. You go to court. The person is served. They go in front of the judge. The judge is going to refermand them to treatment and then the judge is going to stay with oversight is going to have oversight mm-hmm. of that individual for up to a year. So we have tried to do that in in Orleans Parish under a law that we have had since Katrina it's called Nicolas Law which oh, was named yeah, after yeah. our officer yeah, right officer, yeah. but but it's it's been too cumbersome apparently for it to be initiated, okay. So, these things we have these things that come along and then they just get dropped, all right. Well, and so we're drop. still left with nothing for the person.
0: I have to drop you because I'm completely out of time, but this is has got be... me all
1: fired up. I know,
0: now. I know. Go have a beer, <laughs> go to the beach, You're <laughs> I looking at the drink. beautiful water, go over there and have a good time, Cecile Tebow.
1: Thanks for Thank taking you, the time. Sp- thanks uh, for thanks for highlighting this topic. We oh, need I'll, to do I'll,
0: more of it. I'll have you back on, but I got to go now. Anyway, all wrapping right, up this thanks. podcast right after this. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Okay, Cecile Thibault. Simon retired over in Bay St. Louis. Hope you're enjoying yourself. In the meantime though, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast, uh, you can find this podcast on uh, Stitcher and Public Radio and Amazon Music and Google Podcasts and Spotify and Red Circle and on my Twitter page at SpudGotDat and on my Facebook page at Spud's Friends and Fans. John McConnell and the Big T Z. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or if you'd like me to produce a podcast for you or else have an email directly to you, just let me know. Uh, you can contact me at the Spudcast podcast at Gmail dot com. In the meantime, thanks for joining me. See you guys tomorrow. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.